it's interesting. Let me go mark here how, at least for me, when I take, this is what I was trying to think of that I was going to talk to you about. When I take my time, things seem to be working a lot better. Imagine that. If I slow down, because I'll get a project or start something, then I'm like, oh, this will only take me like five minutes to do real quick. And then, of course, inevitably, something's going to come up. And so it takes you a heck of a lot longer than it should. But but then you have days like yesterday. I went and I built I went and built a membership form for a client using Gravity Forms, and like it just smoothly went because the client and I have worked well together in the past. And so she had sent me literally everything I needed for that form, so I didn't have to go ask for anything. But then if I'm going to get together with you to record the show real quickly. Um, I'm like, Oh, I don't need to worry about it or stress out about it because I can go get it all set up. And then that's when we seem to have technical issues today. I wasn't rushed. I don't think you were rushed. We just got in. We both knew that we might be a minute or two late and turns out I got home earlier than I thought. So I don't know. Not rushing can be helpful. I just want to comment. It's great when you work with a client and they give you all of the stuff you need up front. So you can I even have your the job. emails, Demasi. The emails, the thank you text. That's nice. Who it needs to go to. Because I got to tell you, one thing I hate about client work in general, and everybody I'm pretty sure that does any kind of consulting or, or, or deals with clients as their customer-facing part of their business, uh, where there's back and forth needed. I get this request, right? And you go start working on the thing. And you're done with the thing or mostly done with the thing. And then you reach out and you're like, okay, here's here's this. You know, take a look. What do you want to go here? It's like a gravity form that you built, for example, because I've been here, right? We'll use this gravity form as a good example. I want this form. Okay, what fields do you want on this form? Uh, okay, I want, you know, email. I want to capture their name, their email address. I want a phone number, and I want them to put in some information for, you know, why, why they're trying to get in touch with me. Okay, cool. Go build a form. Oh, well, I wanted this too. I wanted that. Oh, you didn't say that. Yeah. Or you're waiting and you reach out. You say, okay, look, the form is done. They've looked at the form. They've approved the form. But, hey, I need, you know, the where do you want emails to go? Who should receive them? Uh, and what should they say, as well as what do you want your thank you page to be, your thank you text or confirmation text to be, or where do you want them redirected to? Okay, I'll get that to you. I'll get the emails and the, and the text for the confirmation to you, you know, in a couple of days or, or tomorrow or, or whatever, you know, short, yeah. short time frame. I'll get it to you. By the time you, I don't know about you, but by the time I get it in a lot of cases, I have no idea what the hell I'm even working on. it. Mm. Mm. Yes, sir. I like you when, when someone sends me information and then two or three days later, they're like, oh, and I need this information too. I, I got to get my mind back in that right mindset to figure out where I put everything and what I was working on with that specific project. Yeah. And people don't seem to, it's like they under, and, and I try not to be that type of person. It's just like dealing with customer service, right? Doing customer service myself. I'm always trying to be decent to customer service people anyway, because I've known people over my lifetime that work customer service for companies. Uh-huh. So I've never really gotten nasty with a customer service person or been that rude. I've been frustrated jerk. with a customer service person, yeah. but not that rude. But I've, and I've, yeah, and I've even told, but even then, like I will tell them, like, listen, this is very frustrating. I'm not angry at you specifically because I know you're only doing what you can do. 
But the policy here or the result of this situation is very frustrating. And if I could, please pass this up the line to whomever, whether it's your supervisor or, or whatever the org structure is for you, and let them know, just in case they happen to pull this recording, I'm saying clearly on the record, I'm not upset with customer service representative A. I'm upset with you, Apple, for example, uh, <laughs> because you won't let me just mail my earbuds to you. Like, this is frustrating. I got to... I got to I gotta pay for new earbuds, basically, for you to send me a replacement pair. And then if you don't get back to broken ones, then you're going to hold that money. That doesn't make any sense. What do I pay for Apple Care for? If that's the case, I could have just bought a new pair of earbuds and called it done. What the hell am I doing? Um, but I've never been, you know, flat out rude to a customer unless they get, you know, snippy with me first. Right. And then, hey, look, I'm always ready for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a bad mood more often than I'm in a good mood. So listen, I'm, I'm ready for that all day. You want to start somewhere, we can take it there. But generally, I'm not a jerk to customer service people. And working customer service myself has really given me an appreciation more so for the fact that you should be nice to customer service people because sometimes our hands are tied. Like, I'm sorry, I understand your frustration. I know you don't like this, but this is all I can do for you. Yeah, yeah. It's not well, can't like you just send me a new one? No, no, actually, I can't. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I guess technically and, in, 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 you know, being 100% clear, I could send you another one, but then the company loses money when I do that. Therefore, then at some point, the, the employer is looking around like, oh, I got to cut costs. Oh, I guess I'll fire this guy because, you know, he's been giving away a bunch of free products. So he don't care about my business. I got a new tool this week. You got a new tool? Or new? Yeah. Well, maybe a toy. toy. The Samsung. Ah, okay. So tell me about this Samsung. Yeah. So I got the S23 Plus, and at first I was a little disappointed. Wait, is that so? Is that like Apple's 15 Plus? Like, is that is. or is it? Oh, man. That's, that's, yes, sir. Yep. They have the S23, rough. 23 Plus, and 23 Ultra. I don't think they have an Ultra Plus, but yeah, that's, that's how Apple does it. Anyways, I got it, and the setup process was what I expected, you know. Um, it's weird because the the lock button, the button that you press to turn on the phone, is the bottom button. And to me, that seems to be super backwards because it's always on the top or upper part, and so that threw me off for a minute. But I turned it on, felt a brief vibration, and uh, we started to feel around the phone and i got distracted because jason sent me a message and he should text me uh, a follow-up to what he was saying and actually answer that question that he told me not to get him started on but my phone i was feeling it and on the bottom left and bottom right corner it felt like it felt like a speaker grill on the corner that had a chip out of it and so you might and there's the phone going off. I don't know if you heard that. But it felt like a speaker grill with a chip out of it. You know how if you drop your phone and you nick it and there's a speaker there, you're, it, it's just there. So you just keep picking at it. and keep, Well, you have the urge to keep picking at it and picking at it because that's how my brain works. And I was very hesitant to because I'm like, well, shit, I've had this for less than a week and I've already broke it. Like I've, I've had it for three days and I'm already cracking it and and – then today, like my finger slipped and I realized it was a piece of plastic that goes around the rim of the phone. And the, the, the part that I thought was the speaker that 
was part chipped off was just a corner piece of that plastic. And yeah, so I got to pull that off and that made me feel a little bit better, but the phone itself isn't horrible. I know we talked earlier this year about going to Android as my primary device and I didn't know what the experience was going to be like when I actually got started, when I was going into this, um, I, I had high hopes that maybe it would have been better. And maybe if devices would have been different, I would have actually had a good experience. But the first thing I noticed is when I started typing, I had sluggishness with typing, um, the keys, they, uh, it's it's hard to explain. So when you go tap where you think you're tapping, to me, it always seems like it's it's over one key or it's down one key where you actually touch. And I, I don't know how to explain it. The typing experience on iOS seems to be a little bit more fluid for me. And I'm at the point where I can almost do direct touch typing. I should experiment with direct touch typing and get more comfortable with that on iOS. But uh, the... One UI, which is the launcher that comes on the S23 Plus, well, I think all the S S models, um, was on an older version. So when I when I turned on the phone and I went to the talkback settings and I went down and saw that it was running talkback version 13, I tapped the button to open in Play Store. Well, when I installed from Play Store, it obviously didn't do anything. Well, I shouldn't say obviously, because I expected that it might have upgraded my talkback, and it did not. So um, I knew that the Samsung had talkback 14, and so I went and I checked for updates, because that's something you always want to do with an Android device. I think I had two or three updates, and then after I did those, I got talkback 14, which the typing experience was the same as it was with talkback 13. I will say and then I'll wrap it up for some questions with this, uh, that the Braille screen input for me on Android is probably the way that I'll be typing because that just seems to consistently work. I haven't tried their Braille screen Braille screen input on Android at all. Mostly because the phone that I have here now is more for that. Um, you get new equipment. I don't know what it is because it went home. And mm-hmm. I haven't been home. So, uh, and I kind of don't want to know. You asked me earlier if I got Tia to open it. I was like, I thought about doing that. But then I thought about if it's a, if it's the phone of my top choice, which would be a Pixel, then I'm going to be anxious to get my Pixel. And it's going to irritate me because I really want to, you know, move up. If it's a Samsung, I'm going to be a little sad because I expect that not to be nearly as, as, um, seamless uh, experience. And to be fair, um, when we made the agreement that we were going to switch over and start using the Android phone as the uh, primary phone, at least for a while to see how far we got with that, we were also expecting Pixels. Uh, I think we may have actually worded it in a way that, like I'll switch over to the Pixel for yes. to see yes. how long that lasts. So uh, I'm not going to ding you for not doing the Samsung because I probably wouldn't either. Uh, and I probably won't. Now, if I open the box and there's a pixel in there, well, I guess I got to do it. So how's your week been? You and I have had a weird week together because we talked, but it feels weird still. <laughs> yeah, this 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 whole thing has been weird for me. This, this week has been, 
I feel like I'm in a scenario where I feel like at the end of each week, I wind up telling somebody, okay, well, things are going to be back on track because, you know, this happened and we adjusted and I've made adjustments to that and I fixed this problem. Okay, things are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. good. I know I said this at the end of last week. Yep. Uh, well, this week, you know, first day of the week, we uh, one of our students that was in BEP uh, for, for health concerns, so, you know, valid reasons. I'm not holding anything against him. Uh, made a decision to step out of the BEP program to, to cope with some of the health issues that he's he's been coming, uh, he's been dealing with since say maybe about the second, maybe first full week, second full week of, of class that we've had. So he's been struggling mm-hmm. uh, with those, and you know some of it could be brought on his words. Not well, I'm paraphrasing his words. I'm not making things up. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. Some of it could be brought on by the unexpected fast pacedness of the course and then, you know, feeling like you get behind a little bit and then you're constantly trying to play catch up. You know, look, I know how that is, man. My life that's my life right now. It's feeling like I'm missing something somewhere that I hadn't done or ain't got time to do or good God, I need to do that thing, but I gotta go to sleep at some point. Yes. Uh Needless to say, he stepped out, so now we had to re, you know, reorganize some stuff. Some of which was not my problem, like figuring out who's going to take over which machines that he was running, like how to redistribute those amongst the three people. Like that, that was not my issue to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting the new machines, of course, is my issue to deal with because now there's one I is one more I got to deal with. Um, and of course, picking up, you know, splitting the duties up amongst ourselves from day to day operations. We started doing breakfast this week. Uh, started that on Tuesday, so we're doing breakfast from seven thirty to eight. Uh, so literally, I'm out of here. Like I step out of my room no later than six thirty, and that's on a day that I'm running late. Like yesterday, I was kind of running late because I always slept. Um, but I'm usually out of here. You know, again, starting beginning of the week, let's see, Tuesday, because I knew we were doing breakfast Tuesday. So I was out of here like 6.15, like headed down to go to, to the classroom because I wanted to get down there, you know, check in on the computer, make sure there's nothing I needed to do. Oh, I know what I meant to do. I was going to go down there and do my cost analysis to figure out what I thought we should sell these breakfast biscuits for. And get down there to the door and tap my little card, you know, because we got these little key cards. Uh, they are using ubiquity, by the way, though, so, you know, it's interesting. Oh, that's uh, cool. Get down there and tap my little card, and guess what? Freaking door doesn't open. Why? Because I'm a student, and it's before 7 o'clock. Oh, didn't think about you, BEP guys need to get in early, huh? Okay, there's the thing. So, got to call the teacher. And, uh, yeah, all of that, man. That's been irritating. I I think that is one of the things that's been most frustrating, is is running into little walls, like not big major walls, but little Mm -hmm. bitty walls that are put up because... They obviously, somebody somewhere obviously has not thought about the fact that as BEP students, we're typically different from everybody else. Right. Uh, that's not to say better or worse, but we're different. Our schedule is different. What we have to do is different. Our level of access in a lot of cases is different because we're doing different things. They start class. They start serving breakfast here, I think it's 7 a.m. in the cafeteria. Class for most people typically starts sometime eight o'clock or after eight o'clock. Well, shit, by the time they get in class, man, I've been working for an hour and a half already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't get out again. Most people get out of class here three o'clock, three thirty at the latest, but three o'clock typically, uh, three thirty maybe. Uh, we're walking out routinely this week at four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 
And we got studying to do, you know, because uh, we're st- got to study safe, serve. serve. No, no, no. Let me say that the right way. Got to study serve safe. Serve safe. I know why people want to say save serve because it sounds <laughs> like the right. But it's serve safe. You know, the the, the, the food uh, certification uh, to be certified to be able to serve food in public areas. Mm-hmm. So studying for that. We got to study BEP rules. Uh, as we get deeper into this, like when we started doing breakfast, when we started doing lunch, we're going to have to do cost analysis of, you know, what it costs us for the the bare products, you know, eggs, bacon, sausage, croissants, and figure out, you know, how much does it cost us per sandwich, including some intangibles such as, um, you know, jellies, napkins, mm. uh, you know, forks and spoons or whatever. When we get to things that need forks and spoons. Uh, and it also account for the things that you don't think about as a customer inside of places like, say, McDonald's or something, where you go in there and you order your little biscuit or whatever you get. And you go over there to the jellies and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take three jellies. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, three jellies cost money. Yeah. Think about it when you're just picking up the three jellies. You just pay seven bucks for a sandwich. Now you probably know why that sandwich is seven bucks because they're accounting for the extra jellies some people are going to take home, throw in a basket that's on their counter or in the and middle of the table, and then never use it. Yes. <laughs> never use it. <laughs> uh, so, in addition to that, uh, had a server go down. Apparently, nobody noticed, or they were too nice to call me and tell me. Uh, but there was a server down Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Basically, I just needed to reboot it, but it okay. got itself into a state where it wasn't able to automatically regenerate uh, SSL certificates. So for about a good hour and a half Wednesday morning, uh, your own pay dot com was unreachable because huh. it didn't have a new SSL certificate. OK, well, good to know. And I start getting alerts from pushover. Right around the time we opened the doors for breakfast, or a little bit before, yeah. So couldn't do anything about it. I'm standing there, and I was running the register that day, so I'm standing there running the register. You know, ping. Yeah, uh, your own pairs down. Ping, ping. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting growingly frustrated. Um, as a matter of fact, let me. I'm going to diverge for a second and tell you about this register. Needless to say, I did fix the server right after I got off the the register. Uh. But my irritation was rising because, so we're using Square. Have I told this story already? No. I haven't told you a story about the Square register. I don't think, you've told us about using a register with someone, but I don't think we've really gotten into using the Square register, using it with an iPad? Nope. Oh, okay. We're not using it with an iPad. We're using it, we're using the Square register that uh, is completely 100% Square built on top of Android. It does have TalkBack built in. Uh, in certain instances, some talkback gestures even work. Oh. Like if you tap on the library button and you're looking at all of your, you know, inventory or products, you can do the, the swipe up and left gesture and go back home, which takes you back to the, the register to okay. check people okay. out. Uh, overall, the experience is not bad. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it's really not bad. It's, it's, it's really fairly good. There's a couple of little edges where Square, you know, obviously didn't really do any thorough accessibility testing uh, because it's, it's a little weird. For example, when you hit checkout, uh, you know, you add stuff to the car, you hit the checkout button uh, and it brings up the screen. And depending on your hardware and all of that, people will be able to make their payment. Mm-hmm. Well, if they tap a card, you know, they tap a card. Well, it doesn't, you know, automatically read to you that the payment was successful. You either got to 
Yeah, so that's irritating. Like that that would be helpful. Yes. If you told me like they tap their card and you say pay make successful, right? So I know to tap the button that says make new sale. Okay, great. Let's do that. Or just play sound. Like those little And see for some payments like Apple Pay type payments, they will or contact this payment. So the tap and pay, whether it's it's Apple Pay or a card, right? It will actually the the register itself, the part that they're tapping will beep, right? Kind of like what you're used to in the store. Yeah. Uh, or if they have to insert their card with a chip, it will you know do the thing. Yeah. But if somebody swipes their card or you know whatever, I'm not even sure that all those payment methods I said make a noise, make a noise. I know the chip insert does because that's how you know as the customer to take mm-hmm. the card out. Yep. Uh, and I know Apple Pay makes a noise because I've paid there with Apple Pay. Uh, everything else, yeah, it's kind of like yeah, okay, you're done, you know. The worst part about it, though, because, you know, they're going to leave the register once they paid. So you can quickly check to make sure. But, yeah. you know, they're going to leave the register when they're done anyway. Fine. No, it's when you got to make change. Somebody hands you cash. You got to go tap the amount of cash they give you. So if they give you a five and their order was 250 well, I can do that math in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Give me $5 and your order was 250 Okay, great. Whether I can do the math in my head or not, though. When I hit the $5 button, it tells you visually on the screen what the change should be. And it pops mm-hmm. your register drawer open so you can make change. Be nice if you just spoke out loud to me, too. What the uh, changes. Thank you. Uh, try not to curse. Yes. Yes. You already yes. let a couple of ones slip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It'll be nice if you let me know what the change was uh, as well. Instead of me either having it, because if I couldn't do it in my head, I would have to check the screen. Right. And this is mm-hmm. one of those scenarios where I'm not. 100% upset because it's a bad experience for me. I'm thinking about in general for a blind person. Like, let's say this 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 individual that stepped out of our class uh, would have need to make use of the screen reader. Um, that person would have a worse experience than I do because they're not, you know, able to do that kind of math. Most people can't do that kind of math in their head. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And and just to make it more inclusive, you're already giving automatic audible feedback. Why not naturally say 299 or 416 and you just know as the person who's used as to the, the register is popping open, yeah, I can that's be making the amount that change of change that of, I need to make them cuz you know yeah, what you put of in. Reaching, right, instead of reaching up to have to try to read the tablet if you don't know that change in your head. Yeah. Um so there's that. But the thing that's super annoys me, and I'll give you a workaround I came up with, but it's still not satisfactory and it's still frustrating. But the thing that really annoys me about this register is the volume on it is as loud as it can possibly go. And you cannot hear it. Even even if the cafe is empty and we're testing, you can barely hear it. Uh, you got to bend down to get your... So here's the really frustrating part about that, Mike. There is no way to hook up any kind of Bluetooth anything unless it is a receipt printer or a regular standard inkjet printer. And I'm guessing because they figure if you didn't buy a receipt printer, you can print out your receipts on, on a standard printer that has Bluetooth using a smaller paper size. So no, no Bluetooth connect mm. op- options whatsoever. None. Mm. I have looked and looked and searched and searched and even had other people looking and looking and searching. That's and searching almost and more looking. irritating and, and, and privacy concerns. See, that is the thing for me, too, is like, I can get why some things are the way that they are as far as like, oh, we're not going to just read out people's information or something. Okay, that's cool. That's nice. But from a privacy standpoint, and they they make a point of having certain features like I think. So the setup that we have is the the square registers to Android tablet. You'll see these in a lot of places where they're not using 
an iPad or their own standalone tablet. You buy the whole setup from Square, including the drawer and the card reader uh, for contactless payments and all of does all the payment methods. Um, the it's like a very small tablet screen that sits down on the on the counter facing the customer where they would tap their phone or swipe their card or whatever, right? That visually on it shows what's going on in the transaction side from your side, right? So if I'm adding a cup of coffee, you see me add a cup of coffee. And if I add two cookies, uh, you see that two cookies are at. Now, you're not going to see this because you can't see the screen just like I can. Right. There right. apparently is a way to have that spoken out loud from that little tablet on that end. But they make you, I haven't done it. We don't do it. Uh, because people know what they have in their hands and I tell them what I'm adding. We verify everything mm-hmm. or whatever anyway. But if for say, for example, and this is a real situation, uh, uh, because I had Teal, asked Teal to do some research for me uh, after the first day of dealing with the register because I didn't come up with the workaround that I had until the next time I had to use it or, or the next day. Uh, but I asked Teal to do some research for me to see if there was a way. I was like, there must be something I'm missing about where to connect Bluetooth headphones or some setting that needs to be turned on to connect Bluetooth headphones or something, right, to allow that to be a thing that you can do. So I asked her to do some quick research for me while she had time because I had, you know, other stuff to do. I had to clean up after the day and get moving. So what I ended up doing is I did some quick searching myself and I didn't have time to, to focus on it. And apparently there is a mode that you can turn on that will allow the information being displayed on the customer facing unit to be also spoken out loud. In order to turn this on, though, you must agree to the... um personal personal identifiable information that can possibly be transmitted over this speaker while you're allowing a customer to hear this. Now, a scenario where you might want to turn something like that on is uh, one person that you encountered um, on YouTube of all places. Uh, side note, you know that you can send private messages to people on YouTube? Mm, I think I might have, yes. I did not know this. Anyway, Tia ended up in a conversation with a, with a, with a uh, woman who uh, runs a you know, some kind of snack bars type thing. I don't know if she's in PEP or not, but she's in a different state. Uh, but she runs a, uh, you know, snack bar cafe mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, and she has the square register, but she happens to be deaf, right? Mm. So most of her customers that she, you know, interacts with, I would say a large majority are probably sighted people, but she does have a few blind customers. Uh-huh. So what she's been doing is grabbing her son's tablet, uh, who happens to be autistic, she grabs his tablet and uses that to type in what she wants to say to them or needs to ask them and then has it speak out loud, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is an excellent workaround. Yeah. You know? I mean, she probably could also do it with her phone, but probably didn't know she could do it with her phone because, hey, she's deaf, so she don't know about screen reader stuff. Just like me as a blind person, I don't know all that much about enough tools. Right. Uh, just being fair. But she was like, oh, but I see that I could do this. So in this scenario, it would probably be great if she could turn on the the, the speak out loud from the customer facing little unit because then the blind person could know what's on their screen and all of that and make the communication pathways a little bit simpler. Um, so I can see why they have that as a feature, but they make you agree to all these personal output. Now, meanwhile, on the other side over here with this tablet talking out loud, well, who knows what people are hearing over there, mm-hmm. but you don't give me a way to connect Bluetooth so that I'm not disclosing any information. You know, this lady right here in line may not want the person behind them to know that she ran up a ticket with us uh, and is paying it off and it was 27 bucks. Like she might not want people to know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
or she doesn't want people to know that she has a balance still on her, her, you know. Now, you know, the upside to this, I guess, for Square, their point would be, well, look, nobody can hear it any damn way, so <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> so damn quiet, no one can hear it, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's really annoying to me, uh, frankly. Now, they do have an iPad that they used to use that we could have switched to that probably would have mm-hmm. been better. Definitely would have gave me Bluetooth options. The only downside to that is, and this is where I had to make a decision from a standpoint of dealing with customer service and how you try to make things or not ruin the customer service experience. Uh, I have not had time to look into this, unfortunately. Tell you how busy I've been. This would help me. But I ain't had time to look into it. Apparently, and and I can see it not working because of the way this whole system here now is hooked up together, but we have gift cards. So either people will buy gift cards for other people for a birthday gift or something so they can come in the cafe and use that, or people will just buy a gift card and load it up with money. So that's what they use to, you know, pay for stuff when they come to the cafe. Mm -hmm. It's a great deal. Nice idea. The problem is apparently those don't work or can't be used because we can't hook up all of the same stuff. Uh, So those can't be used with the iPad app. Ah. So if I were to switch to the iPad, I'm taking away something that I know people are using. It's not even a theoretical people could use these. No, people use these. Yeah, I've had to reload a couple of them for people, right? I don't want to take that away from my customers because this is a thing that they're used to. Now, if this were the beginning of this and they had never gotten used to this, that had never been used before, I might have gone, well, screw it. They don't get you know gift cards until Square gets their act together. But because people are used to this from prior... Uh, you know, prior classes that have that have gone through here, having that ability to use a gift card, I'm not going to take that away from them to make things simpler for me or more comfortable for me. Um, what I did come up with that kind of sort of works, but you will all, I think, automatically spot the downsides of this as well, is using the hear-through mode with, a, with an AirPod in my ear and using hear-through on my iPhone. Ah, okay. I have I've not played with that. Um, does that transmit from your microphone to your AirPod? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that transmits everything though, huh? Yes. Yes. There's no isolation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm now hearing stuff in the cafe that I shouldn't be hearing because I'm on this end of the counter and they're all the way around there by the coffee. Yeah. Huh. So it helps. It helps in the sense that it does put the audio in my ear. Um, so I don't have to bend down to put my head to the side of the screen like I'm trying to look at it real close to hear what it's saying to put stuff in people's, you know, checkout uh, basket or whatever, right? So at least while I'm fumbling around trying to hear what it said or, or double check to make sure it said what I said before I add it to their cart, um, I can interact with the customer, right? I can actually, you know, speak to them, talk to them. So I have my head dug down behind the tablet. Like, Hold on one sec. All right, there you go. Like, no, so I can actually have a conversation with them, even though I'm still hearing them talking to me in two ears because they're facing me and then now they're also blown out in one ear. All the conversations people are having on the side over here coming through my ear, just everything. Like, so it's Mm -hmm. it's not really a good experience. It's just from a customer service standpoint, it is to me a lesser problem than either taking away their ability to use gift cards or having their checkout cashier person hiding behind a tablet. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't feel like it's a good customer experience. So trying to make that at least as smooth as possible. And, you know, I can at least, you know, I bear with me. I'm just trying to hear what it's saying, uh, you know, but I can look them in the face and say it instead of, you know, yelling from behind a tablet. Cause you know, I don't talk that loud, man. So, you know, <laughs> so I'm yelling behind the tablet. Hold on. 
Like, Jesus, what's wrong this guy this morning? You not get his coffee? Maybe I should buy him a coffee today. Yeah, the live listen right? mode is what he's talking about, Jason, that, that you use on iOS. So, uh, it's working, but not very well. And still, most of the time at the end of one. So, I had to work to register for a whole week. Day one, I just dealt with the duck and the thing. Day two, I tried to listen through. Nope, I think day three, because I didn't remember to listen mode until day three or mm-hmm. the end of day two. Uh, so for one full week, I was on the register Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, actually Wednesday and Thursday of that week. Cause that Friday we had that, the big state meeting. Uh, so Wednesday and Thursday of that week, it was okay. It was moderately okay. For some reason I had to, well, I had to do the register cause we alternate in the mornings on breakfast. We, we kind of switch around who's cooking, who's preparing the, you know, breakfast item and who's doing checkout. We just rotate through those on, on, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for break, we we do a week on whatever the thing is we're doing. So a week on the register, week on cookies, whatever. So for some reason, was this Wednesday? Nope, this would have been Thursday when I had to do the register. Um, so for some reason on Thursday, and I should correct that, it was actually Thursday that the server went down on Wednesday. But uh, for some reason on Thursday, um, it seemed to want to magnify all the voices of the people in the cafe and not the speech coming out of the little tablet so it was kind of almost like being back in the same as a matter of fact i did have to duck down a couple of times to hear what was going on mm. Uh, mm. for breakfast so not a very optimal situation there's uh, not a headphone not jack happy. on the tablet is there no okay okay no <laughs> well that's some good feedback though to to square possibly when you know that extra thing called time comes about because you know, so got plenty of I that. did compose an email to Square Support. I mm-hmm. also said when I have the time, and I'll, I'll try to do this in the next couple of days, is get on LinkedIn. Um, uh, I wish I had a thing called a personal assistant so I could tell them what to do and they could go do this stuff. Uh, but get on LinkedIn and try to seek out somebody on LinkedIn that works for Square that I can talk to and make my, my point a little bit better. I've also reached out to uh, Chris Ingram. Uh, he hasn't gotten back in touch yet, but I reached out to Chris Ingram. Or we did the, the instructor reached out to Chris. I don't think he's gotten back in touch with her yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to ask him since I know he's done more work with Square directly than I did uh, ten years ago. He continued doing some of that same type of work, so uh, maybe they have an idea. Now his answer, she says, is going to be use the iPad. But again, I'm not taking something away from customers that they are used to using. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's a depreciation in customer. What service. would it take to be able to take gift cards on the iPad, or is it physically not possible? I, that I don't know. Like, I do need to actually sit down and try to, you know, get, now that's where I actually really need some time to take the iPad, look at the Square app, and even hook it up to that system to see, like, what what works and what doesn't work here. Uh, yeah. Because that I don't know. And this is coming from admittedly a non-techie uh, teacher, so, you know, it could be possible and she just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. But ain't had the time to do that yet. Yep, yep. Because it's... It never ends, does it? Are you still having fun, though? Ultimately, that's the, the good question. Are you still enjoying it? Am I still enjoying it? Um, I don't think I was ever enjoying it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be 100% honest with you, I don't think yeah. I was ever enjoying it. Yeah. A- is the mission still on to get through BEP and, and run a facility? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that that hasn't changed. Like that, the, the, the drive to get through this program and do what the ultimate goal of it was has not diminished at all. Uh, you know, it's highlighted some things that I need to think about, focus on, try to hopefully advocate about at some point. Um, but it it has 
you know, has not diminished my drive to get to where I need to be. Um, because apparently I will have a, hopefully, if nobody decides to jump over me at the last minute because they have more seniority and be like, oh, you know, I do actually want that spot in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. I have a spot right in Tuscaloosa, so I want to move. I mean, I have to move to do deal with the machines because that route runs down towards Mississippi, but uh, I won't have to actually physically move to be able to run the location. I guess the proper uh, question I should have asked is, are you still glad that you're going through this? Yeah, I'm still glad I'm going through it. Good. Uh, Good. Because it's highlighted a couple, as I said, it's highlighted some things that I need to think about. It's highlighted some flaws, and I think the antiquated way that BEP is run and the way that things are thought about that, you know, if I'm, if I'm around long enough, I'll, I'll, you know, be able to do something about it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also highlighted some business opportunities for uh, technology consulting uh, ah. services that I could offer. And, yeah. you know, perhaps instead of me trying to go after individual, I don't mean go after in that sense, but, you know, instead of me perhaps targeting individual vendors, um, I could just target the, state as a whole right and, and have them implement from top down instead of working my way up uh so also open up the potential for a consulting contract on some of what is being done here in alabama that i don't think is being done in other places like we're i think i mentioned this to you uh yeah i talked to you about this it's definitely was not on the show because I, I can see what i was doing as i was talking to you i just come out of my room was going to the elevator so i could go do something else uh, cause I had to go be somewhere real quick. Uh, <laughs> but we're using Google classroom uh, mm-hmm. for, for all the assignments and we're running a lot of stuff through Google sheets and you know, look what you use ultimately at the end of this is going to come down to you. Uh, but I think for the educational part of this, the training part of this, using Google classroom has actually been a, a pretty good bone because it's available everywhere. Uh, whether you're using them, doesn't matter what platform you're on, you know, it's usable. Uh, Google Sheets is being its typical Google Sheets self. Sometimes it works well on the Mac and sometimes and I, I have no rhyme or reason, but uh, if push comes to shove, you know, just dump a spreadsheet, just dump a CSV and open it up in your favorite spreadsheet application and, and use it that way. And if you need to put stuff back, hey, work it out. We figured that out. Uh, so that's that's been overall pretty good. Uh, and, and I think that's something that a lot of states could adopt. And I think it's relevant to adopt something like that nowadays because so much of what is available vending wise is electronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we can submit our uh, paperwork that we have to submit at the end of each month for income and all of that stuff on the internet. There's no more paper. You know, this literally used to be a thing people just have to fill out on paper, which just drove me insane to no end when I first heard about BEP in Georgia 20 some odd years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to do something on paper. Right. What, You're what supposed wrong to be a program paper? for blind individuals, and I got to do I gotta something write on this paper? down on paper. Yeah. Right. Now, to be fair, at least in Georgia, you know, you could call in and talk to somebody and tell them what they needed to fill out and they would fill it out for you. But still, I mean, you know, computers and the Internet were not as, you know, prevalent as they are today either. But there are still some states that I hear that are still doing it on paper. So, you know, hey, let's stop that. Uh, And there's other tools that we are using that um, QuickBooks, for example. So been back on QuickBooks uh, just in the class, at least. Yeah. How are you liking it? Now that you're using it for, I imagine, possibly more than you were using it when you used it last? Or? So, I'm kind of of two minds about QuickBooks at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they have made some accessibility improvements. Not a ton, but some. Those are a little bit more usable. 
And I have mentioned this. I think I may have mentioned this to you offline. I know I've definitely had a conversation with the class of like, I tried QuickBooks out a couple of years ago when I first started my business and I didn't stick with it partially because they kept raising the price on me every three months and I wasn't getting a whole lot of use out of it. It was very frustrating uh, at the time. So there have been some accessibility improvements, but also I think one difference here um, is I'm using it, but I'm using it at a slower pace. Like living and dying of my business does not depend on me figuring out QuickBooks because at the end of the year, I need to pull my reports and file my taxes with this information. Or I don't feel like I did in 2021 where it's like, I'm using this, but I don't really, I can't do all of the stuff in here. I got to pay somebody else to do it for me. Or I could just dump a spreadsheet out of Stripe and see what my income was. Mm-hmm. And I can look at my email receipts and figure out, you know, I know what all business expenses were because I only ran business stuff on the business card. So I can dump a, dump a month spreadsheet from uh, Mercury. Uh-huh. and see what my business expenses were and put that together, which is what I did in 2021. Well, not 2021. It's what I did in 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. And it's what I'm going to do for 20. Well, yeah, it's 24 yeah. now. Uh, it's what I'm going to do for the prior, for 2023's taxes. Yep. It's what I did for 2022's taxes, which is just dump the information out of Stripe because it gives me the numbers. If you generate the right report in Stripe, it, it basically gives you like, here's all your income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to get, you know, down to itemizing some things and figure out, you know, what you spent on, on other things, you dump that report out of Mercury and Hey, look, look there. there you, go. you have all your data. It takes a little bit more time that way, but not nearly as much, but it's also because I don't have any outrageous, weird ass expenses either to deal with. Um, it's all pretty straightforward. Right. And I'm not trying to break stuff down month by money. Just like, you know, I'm not now doing a profit and loss statement. That's a little bit more. That's what's time consuming. That's something that, that QuickBooks will absolutely help with. Right. But I think I actually have a little bit more of an understanding of how some of QuickBooks works. I think one of the biggest issues with QuickBooks, honestly, for anybody using it is the fact that there is so much stuff in there that you don't need. And you go through this little sign up process where they ask you, what kind of business are you running? What do you do? What things do you check the items here that you need? I need bookkeeping. I don't need payroll. I don't need invoicing. Why are these still options showing up all over the place when I'm trying to do a thing? You tell me because it's intuit uh-huh. and they're not very intuitive. They're, they're not very intuitive. Uh, apparently. So you're using QuickBooks online. Okay, not desktop. I, I guess you can hide things in the menu on the online version. Did you know that? Or does that help at all? So I was aware of this fact. Um, I, one, ain't had time to try to figure out if something <laughs> I can do with a screen reader or not. Uh, because when I'm in there, I'm trying to put numbers in there. Mm-hmm. And nobody ain't got time to be screwing around with QuickBooks, man. I do know that you can hide things there. Is it something I can do with voiceover on the Mac? That I don't know. Uh are are so, you using Windows screen readers at all with QuickBooks? No, because it is my understanding that the and and I will tell you this with TurboTax while looking at them for tax filing, um, it is a thousand times better on Windows than it is on the Mac. So I suspect other Intuit products are a thousand times better on Windows than it is on the Mac. And Stephen Howard and I and another person were talking about this on Mastodon um, earlier yesterday or something and it's that table issue and and i said that's one of the reasons that i have to do work for at guys in windows is because i can't i mean i I, 
no, that's no, the reason I have no, to be productive uh, with AT guys. No, we no, did in some cases you can't do it. Yeah, but in some cases now you can't. Yeah, you literally cannot see what's inside of that table, no matter what you do. So it's a funny thing though, and the reason I haven't looked at it in Windows is number one, I need to set up a whole new Windows environment because everything for the AT guys VM is AT guys, and I kind of uh-huh. don't want to mix that stuff. Nope. Nope. Uh, because one password is set up just logged into the AT guys account. Uh, all of my tabs and stuff in Chrome are all AT guys stuff, so I don't want to cross those streams. Um, and hey, guess what? The internet. So I might should do that this weekend while I'm on though. Uh, well, make another, another couple. Yeah, machine. make another VM. Yeah. 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 Or actually, what I should do is build a generic new windows machine stock, and then just duplicate yeah, it. Yeah. And then just duplicate it when I need to make a yeah. new machine for some, cause that'll, that'll save me some time. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the primary reason all, I, all that. I, I haven't checked it out on, on, uh, on, on windows at all. But here's the funny thing. I actually have not had any problems with their tables. <laughs> like zero. When I tell you zero, sir, I mean, absolutely none. Even the little weird drop down edit boxes where you can type something, uh-huh. but also, and it narrows down this. Those actually work in Safari with QuickBooks online. Wow. Wow. This is not a thing okay. that existed two, two years ago or whatever. When I was looking at it, when I tried to use it though. Uh, so like I said, they have made some accessibility improvements for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think again, the slower pace of using it, you know, for, Oh, put in your expenses and we start putting in sales. Now we're caught up to all of the numbers that we need to have in there. So now we're just entering expenses and entering uh, sales as they come in as we need to. And this is even a thing that wouldn't necessarily be needed as a small business owner because I could connect it to my bank account and solve a lot of those problems uh, or solve a lot of that manual entry that we're having to do. Obviously, they're not going to give us access to the uh, the gentry. Uh, bank account so wait did i lose you oh, crap. nope this time i actually muted ah okay man i'm glad you said something because i was about to hit command r <laughs> <laughs> uh so some of this and and i i think i said this to you too like i actually have the ability i'm not saying that i'm sold on quickbooks because i still think their pricing is ridiculous Mm-hmm. Um, and their clutter and their constant promoting their other crap to me is is super annoying. I don't feel like you should promote to me if I'm paying you money. I cannot reiterate that enough to people. Um, if I pay you money, you should not be using space on my website or interface or product to advertise Zoom. to me about crap that I told you I don't want. Did you say Zendesk? <laughs> I said Zoom. Uh, it, it, oh my god <laughs> listen man I ain't been in the best of moods today let's say that zoom conversation for a whole nother month cause I don't even oh my god then I gotta pay them at some point if I'm gonna pay them I need to make that decision too uh, but go on to QuickBooks for a second so I, I think being able to and I, I think this actually makes a difference I started off here this time having to manually enter stuff of course I gotta keep manually entering stuff Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that led to a lot of confusion slash frustration, yes, I still think about 80, 75, 85% of that was the accessibility was not as good as it, as it is now. And it ain't perfect. You know, there's still some stuff they could do, but it's a whole lot better. Right. Uh, I can actually make selections on the Mac. I don't, and, and Safari. Huh. You know what I mean? And Safari. Huh. I didn't have to go to Chrome for this, man. Yeah. And Safari. Uh, so it's really gotten better. But also, um, I think one thing that screwed me up with the initial QuickBooks 
setup that I did for Bedrock is I pulled in too much data without having poked around QuickBooks enough at all. That could have made a difference in how I use it and whether I was successful using it because I just, oh, yeah, hook it up to Mercury. Boom, pull all those in. And hook it up to Stripe. And boom, pull all those in. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, man, what the hell is all this? What did I do? I don't understand these numbers. What am I doing with that? Uh-huh. What is really going on? Yeah. Um, so there's that. I also think this experience gives me a better perspective when it comes to evaluating other options out there, such as Wave or um, there's another one I can't remember the name of, Checkbook. Checkbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll go with QuickBooks because there's apparently features. I always forget what the feature is that uh, Laura has mentioned to me a couple of times because I always ask her, I call her, what's that thing about QuickBooks you like that makes you keep using it even though you hate it? Right. Uh, because everybody else doesn't have that feature. And she'll tell me, like, oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but that that's the kind of tool that QuickBooks is, though. Like, a lot of bookkeepers apparently hate QuickBooks, but it, it does some things that nobody else does, and mm-hmm. therefore they keep using it. You know? It's kind of like Apple. I love my Mac, <laughs> but also hate it. I really hate it sometimes. But, it but does Apple does that no other... one thing or those couple of things I mean, that make you keep I mean, coming look, back. It's, 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 the, it's the rogue amoebas, you know. It's the rogue amoebas of the world. It's the terminal. Mm. Uh, and it's keyboard that I can't commander. Think of well, right numpad now. commander for me. Yeah, there, oh. there's that. I mean, it's the whole customizable keyboard stuff yeah. in general, just being natively built in. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of stuff uh, that that keeps you around, even though you're like, man, <laughs> if they would, if they would, it, <laughs> if there was a rogue amoeba on the windows, like I'd be out of here, man. I'm telling you. And nobody reach out to me and even mention Audio Hijack, not Audio Hijack. What is that tool called? VAC, Virtual, virtual Audio, audio cable. Cables. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I don't. I do not. <laughs> yes, I looked at it. Yes, I looked at it again. Yes, I looked at it recently even. No, I don't want to hear about it. Yes, I, I even had Doug try to explain it to me, and I still don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Listen, when Doug tells you it's a pain in the, to use it, um, I really don't want to hear about it. Just yeah. keep it to yourself. If you're having success with it, great. I will Good stick to my audio hijacking loop back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and parallels when I need windows. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's what I'll keep doing over here. Uh, but yeah. That, that's, you know, just some updates on some of the tools we're using Very good. there. Uh, I did find out an interesting thing. Uh, if you, most facilities, you have to get a background check. Uh, so if you have any felonies and you're going through BEP in a lot of cases, uh, there's quite a few facilities you may not even uh, be able to complete waste your time to even yeah. apply for them. Uh, as I said, I don't. You know, I told her like my status as a felon has been the same for 42 years. So. <laughs> now, depending on how deep of a background check they do, we may have other problems. But if you're just looking to see if I've ever been convicted of anything, no, I've been arrested a few times for different things. I ain't got no convictions. None. Zero. Zilch. If you find one on my record, it needs to be expunged because it was false yeah. or it was thrown out or something. Fake news. So, real fake news. It's real fake news <laughs> for real. Like, no, really. Like, yeah. no, this is yeah. really fake news. Better this not the be definition fake. of yes. fake news. Yes. Yes. So I played with the Gravity Forms importer. Did we talk about this last week? Do you remember? I don't think so. I don't think we did. 
Um, so I guess I will. We talked your... about it Wednesday. We talked yeah. about it Wednesday when we talked. So no, we did not talk about this on the show. So I've been using in this, in this Demacia, something else might be one of our last topics because we're coming up on an hour for recording, but I've been actually, I think we just passed it. I've been using the gravity forms importer from gravity kit. Thanks to Demasi uh, for that access, because it is magic for gravity forms. Like, uh, you give it a spreadsheet and you say, map this to this field, and then you hit the import button, and guess what? Everything belongs where it needs to be. Um, and then I discovered the user registration feed, which gives me the ability to map those fields to uh, user profile account data. And uh, you mentioned something the other day about a the tokens and being able to tie things to people's profile. I'm actually kind of curious about that and what your thoughts are here in a second. Uh, but what's kind of handy is you can map fields to um, map cells and what's the word I'm thinking of? Columns. Map columns to fields in gravity forms and import those from a spreadsheet. And if one of the feeds you've attached to your gravity form is the user registration feed, it will go and register all of those users. I will say this might be a gravity forms issue. This might, I think it's going to actually be a WordPress issue. Um, I'm not certain, but it did not like my way of mapping uh, multiple users. And that was add plus to the email address. Um, it rejected those emails and told me they were not valid. I think that might've been a gravity form thing. Um, and so I went and realized that I actually have seven different email addresses. <laughs> I don't want to think about that with, with the actual forwarders that I've set up. Uh, so. I have more than seven, but I went and imported all seven accounts. I got all the user registrations with the link. So all I would have had to do is click the link. Um, and then that would register that user. This is going to that dev site that we've been working on because we are, we have the intention of being able to just drop this database that we're working on so we can test some things and then reinstall and set up with actual intention. Uh, because right now I'm in the, let's try this, see how it works so I can strategize what the exact process is going to be to uh, get a lot of data in at once. And so you want to do it in a controlled environment. My question for you though, is if I'm bringing data into WordPress via the gravity forms importer, and I'm importing that data to a gravity form, is there a reason I might want to explore saving data in the user profile versus just saving all that data for the user in the user information form? I don't think I understand the question. Okay. So why would I want to use the token? I think they're called tokens um, in that user registration feed you know what i'm talking about there mm -hmm. um, why would i want to use that versus so let, let's let's give it a more concrete example mm -hmm. uh because for people who haven't seen this at all they're, they're, they might be lost so let's say you have a spreadsheet you have a csv file and it has user data so it has yep. their name first and last name their email address their phone number and let's say it also has their favorite or no, let's say it has their birthday as well. Okay. Yeah, right? birthday is a good one. Right, so you want to map all of those things. Where when you're importing, if you just import the data and you don't use the, you don't map that to their, their user profile information, mm -hmm. that birthday doesn't show up on their user profile. You have it in a gravity form entry, but it's not attached to their user profile. 
So when you attach it to their user profile, they can update that information under the profile page once they're logged in. Yes. You don't need a tool like Gravity View or something to let them go edit that information because it's right there in that profile. Right. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense then. Now, if your plan is to just only use like Gravity View and allow them to, you know, display their user profile on a custom page and uh, allow them to edit it that way where they're only editing the entry directly, basically, mm-hmm. you could do that. But realize, be aware, be very aware of the fact that that information is tied to a Gravity Forms entry that that user has access to, not tied to that user's profile that they have access to. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So okay. you can't filter that user by birthday, for example. You could not go in and say, show me all the people whose birthdays are in December because it's not attached to their profile. It's attached to a Gravity Forms entry. You could go to Gravity Forms entries for that form and say, show me all the birthdays in, in February. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't easily, I mean, you could, but <laughs> let, let's take it from the standpoint of looking at it that way, though. You couldn't just go in and say, you know, all users, your code would be different if you want to display all the users' birthdays on the website that were in February. Right. And having that information in the database versus a form means you can probably access it in different places too. Uh, Right. You can make more use of it being, you can make more use of it with tools to access user profile data as opposed to, you know, having to do something custom or something weird uh, or even just more work to render that out on a gravity form. And the other nice thing about it is, is if you ever break up with gravity forms, that data is not tied it's to already gravity attached forms. To the, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that's been that. So in a more, con- actually, I just thought of a more concrete example of a thing. So if you wanted to display a login message and you wrote the code that says whenever someone's birthday, you know, arrives, Show mm-hmm. them a happy birthday message when they log in, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that if that form data, I mean, you could. I'm not saying it's completely impossible, but it gets much weirder, much stranger to try to do it with Gravity Forms entry data yeah. versus data that's tied to the user meta of that user. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, uh, playing with something, uh, working on the Bits website, going to pick your brain offline in the near future, about a couple of queries I have, but uh, super excited about how that's going to be coming together. Um, man, when you work with a lot of data, I need a, I need folders for WordPress pages. I'm sure there's a plugin out there, but man, sometimes you can get a lot of pages when you bring data in from one site to another. Uh, yep. Folders. Yep. Or... um. Did you know you can search? Oh, tags. Yeah. Tags. Oh, Ooh, I didn't think about using. So use tags like they are folders. Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. I will have to try that. Take take the Gmail concept. And yeah. So that way you can say, oh, these are all, you know, user facing pages or these are all, you know, informational pages, you know, whatever categories you actually need. to. I did quickly discover that you can search pages. I've been using WordPress for years and I probably knew that, but I didn't think about it. You just never used it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've yeah. seen it. You just never used it. Like yeah. But when somebody would have asked oh, me, could cool. I search them? Yeah. It, it, it works. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Not you, the you, best when, search, but it works. 
Yeah, so I was going to say, when you start getting up to, you know, in the hundreds of hundreds uh-huh. or, or even thousands of pages, uh, you know, one, having an optimized database becomes super important. Uh, also, you start getting into the level where you start looking, I will start looking at plugins like, uh, like I don't know what how have you actually called relevancy. No, I haven't used that one. Uh, but that that's more front end, I thought. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm thinking about Facet WP, I think. Okay, uh, I'll send you a link to it. But yeah. it's a it's a plugin that helps with with gives you more filtering options. I think I know there's plugins out there that like you don't look at those until you get to the level of having literally several hundred, if not thousands, of pages on a, on a WordPress site or thousands of posts on a WordPress site, uh-huh. and it helps filtering on the back end for you. And I think some stuff on the front end too. I, I've never used it because never been that uh, never needed that scale. Yeah, that that scale. The only big thing I built at scale is e-commerce, uh, mm. Mm. and they weren't doing a whole lot of posts uh, like that. It was just, oh, here's a couple of products, and uh, yeah, we're going to run probably, you know, I don't know, a couple 20, 30 grand through here a month. It's like, all right, cool. I yeah. should have structured my contract so that I got a percentage <laughs> of all of those, and I might be a little less anxious than I am right now. Mm. I want to tell people about something cool, but I don't think I have anything cool to tell them about. So, uh, I'm on TikTok. You've been on TikTok. No, but I'm like posting to TikTok, trying to You've do been daily doing that too. Oh, okay. So you, that's new. That's yeah. the new part because you've yeah. done the posting to TikTok before too. You were chopping up bits of the episode and posting them to TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. that didn't last very long. I think I did one of technically working. I did the one where you're like, I can post a link. I can do that. Um, I don't. Really, I don't know if you remember that one, but it was yeah. Even yeah, I because then I forgot to do it. Yeah, <laughs> then I forgot to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I posted then that. I think on. I actually had. Then I think I actually had to reach out to you. Like, mm, so how did you do this page? I can go post this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, but yeah, posting TikToks, sharing people. Today we talked about virtual desktops on Windows. Why explained that they were looking at my jalapeno bowls, which is what we made for Mallory's dad's birthday party. So, uh, anything else cool. new with you? Or uh, not really, man. Just just acclimating, working, cleaning up. Well, he has been too busy to be on social media, but. Uh, I will let him do, actually, I'll do it this time because Demasi usually does it. Thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in, especially those of you who joined us live tonight. And uh, really those who have decided, hey, I'm going to give them money, even though I'm not getting extra content. We appreciate your understanding that that is not not something we ever promised uh and one of those bonuses that we'll always uh have available and hopefully we'll get more out to you in the near future not this week um i appreciate all of the downloads and the uh people that are sharing i'm hearing more and more about people saying oh i heard about technically working i really want to uh tell more people about it how can i let them know where to go so you can tell people to go to technicallyworking.show that's where you can go if you also want to be a supporter of the show financially and uh, you can connect with us on social media i'm at payone p-a-y-o-w-n at unmute.community on mastodon he's damasi d-a-m-a-s-h-e at unmute.community on Mastodon. And I think it's been since the DM series since I did that. Well, maybe not, but it felt, it felt weird. So uh, yeah, have a good week.
And if you want to email us, you can send an email to feedback at technicallyworking.show. I knew I'd forget one. <laughs> yeah, nobody emails us anyway, though. So, uh, and we, listen, we, that's, we, not, that's, that's not saying that you should all of a sudden start emailing us. Yes. Look, I ain't checking it anyway. I don't think I even have that account set. Oh, yes, I do. I actually do have that account set up in mail. We should tell people about that someday. I don't think we ever talked about that mail account, like how we set it up, or did we? Uh, I don't think. Well, I think we. You told- know what? I should go ask the Chat GPT bot about it because I don't remember. I feel like now maybe we have since I said we didn't. Yeah, I think maybe we did. Ashley said so. Send several emails then. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. 